On September 2nd, 2019, Princess Margaret of the Netherlands gave a ceremonial box of tulip bulbs to Don White, a Canadian veteran of the Second World War and the last surviving member of his troop in the Royal Canadian Dragoons, who were instrumental in the liberation of the Netherlands from the Nazis. These bulbs represent the 100,000 tulip bulbs being presented to Canada from the Netherlands that would bloom in time for the 75th anniversary of that liberation. On December 26, 1942, Lord Athone, Canada's Governor General at the time and representative of the Head of State, gave royal assent to a law that both encouraged heads of state and royal families in war-torn Europe to take shelter in Canada, and assigned a specific part of Canada to be deemed extraterritorial for a short time. On January 19, 1943, after a difficult pregnancy and suffering from the mumps, Juliana Wilhelmina, a Dutch woman who had fled Nazi-occupied Netherlands to Canada two and a half years earlier, entered Ottawa Sidovic Hospital in Ottawa, Canada to give birth to her third daughter with her husband Bernard following close behind. What do these things all have in common? They all have something to do with the birth of the only member of European royalty to ever be born in Canada. Sort of. I'm Braden Thorvaldson, and this is... What? Explain. First, I'll introduce you to Juliana and Bernard. Bernard Leap Biesterfield and Juliana Wilhelmina, husband and wife that fled the Netherlands after the Nazis occupied it in 1940. Bernard, Juliana, and their two daughters, Beatrix, age two and a half, and Irene, age nine months, initially fled to England. Juliana and the children continued onwards to Canada, where they had been offered asylum and sanctuary, while Bernard stayed in London to aid in the war effort. Juliana, Beatrix, and Irene arrived in Halifax, Canada on June 11, 1940, on a Dutch steamership, and continued onwards to Ottawa, the capital city of Canada. Bernard stayed in England, and wanting to do anything he could to strike back at his country's oppressors, asked to be part of the British intelligence efforts to stymie the Nazis. However, there was one massive issue. Bernard was born in Germany, and British intelligence were... reticent to let a German near intelligence plans. No matter how vociferously he stated his allegiance was never to the Nazis, his wife was born in the Netherlands, and that he wanted the Nazis gone from his adopted homeland. Bernard persisted, until after a lengthy screening process, he was allowed to work with the Allied War Planning Council in London. Working that far away from the front was not enough for Bernard. He wanted to be in on the action, to take a more hands-on approach to ridding the Netherlands of Nazi occupation. So, he ended up asking for, and receiving, instruction on how to fly a Spitfire, a single-seated fighter plane that was the main component of the British Royal Air Force at the time. Bernard logged over 1,000 hours of flight time in a Spitfire during the war as the part of the number 322 Dutch RAF squadron, and managed to walk away from two crashes during that time. Bernard had a very eventful war. Juliana ended up staying in a house in Ottawa with the two children, the house of which she dubbed Nut Gedacht, which meant never imagined in Dutch. Juliana did miss home, and worried about Bernard and his part in the efforts to liberate the Netherlands from Nazi occupation. Additionally, being a Spitfire pilot took him into very dangerous situations by necessity, which certainly did not ease Juliana's worry any. I can't imagine the news of the two crashes helped either. However, Juliana was not simply stating idle in Canada, hiding away from the war and hoping for news of Bernard. 
She also took part in Canadian society, selling goods in Red Cross shops, and assisting in wartime activities in Ottawa in order to support Canadian and British troops abroad. Beatrix and Irene played with other children in the area, and Juliana endeavored to give them as normal a life as she could under the circumstances. On times where he wasn't needed on active duty, or was able to get leave from the fighting, Bernard was able to visit Juliana and the children in Canada, and the time they spent together was happy and joyful. They played together as any family would, and took in the sights and sounds of Ottawa as they enjoyed their time together. However, it wasn't all just sightseeing on those trips, and as a result of one of those visits, Juliana became pregnant with their third child in 1942, in a country not her own. The pregnancy was a difficult one, primarily because Bernard was away for months at a time due to the war. But Juliana kept her composure, and as time went on, she began to rely more heavily on the friends and neighbors that she made in Canada. But Bernard was there at the end of the pregnancy when he was needed most, and he was by Juliana's side as they went into the Ottawa Civic Hospital for her to give birth to their third child. Fittingly enough, their delivery room had a window that overlooked Holland Street, though I have doubts that either Bernard or Juliana in particular noticed at the time. Later that day, the child was born, a hale and hearty baby girl. Bernard and Juliana decided to name her after the Marguerite, a flower that stood as a symbol of the Dutch resistance. They named her Margaret Francisca. Perhaps that name might sound a bit familiar from a few minutes ago. This is where I can fill in some blanks. Bernard and Juliana were none other than Prince Bernard of Lietbiesterfield and Princess Juliana Wilhelmina, the prince and princess of the Netherlands, fleeing their homeland about a day ahead of the Nazi forces. Seventy-seven years later, Princess Margaret, as we met her at the beginning of this episode, is a well-loved member of the royal family of the Netherlands. She serves as royal representative at certain events, particularly when they concern her somewhat home country, Canada. I say somewhat because of a third fact I shared at the top of the episode. On December 26, 1942, Lord Athone, Canada's Governor General, gave royal assent to a law that both encouraged heads of state and royal families in war-torn Europe to take shelter from the war in Canada, but also to make, outside of any country's jurisdiction, any hospital room that the then 37 weeks pregnant Princess of the Netherlands would give birth to her child. This would ensure that the child was considered part of the royal line of succession, as they would draw their nationality from their mother only, rather than the country they were born in. Thus, despite the fact that Princess Margaret was born in Ottawa, she remained a Dutch citizen. As a symbol of their gratitude towards the country that sheltered them during the Second World War, Juliana sent 100,000 tulip bulbs to Ottawa once she and Bernard had returned home in 1945 after the Netherlands had been liberated and peace had been declared. This tradition has continued on every year since, with the tulip bulbs being delivered to various places in Ottawa and throughout Canada. A tulip festival in Ottawa was created in honour of this gift. The Dutch liberation bulbs are planted around the grounds of Parliament Hill, where the Canadian government sits in session, and in many other scenic locations around Ottawa. It brings in thousands of tourists every year, that come to take in the beautiful flowers that represent the special bond between Canada and the Netherlands. I'm Braden Thorvaldson, and I'll talk to you in a couple weeks with another fact that will make you go... What? Explain. 
Thank you all so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you like what you've heard so far, give the show a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you found us. It helps a new show like this one immensely, so thank you in advance. If you have friends, family, or even acquaintances that you think might like the show, let them know about it. If you want to get in contact or follow the show on social media, it is at WhatExplainCast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'll be putting up a new episode every second Thursday, so feel free to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, and be ready for the next one the minute it goes out. For all the new listeners, welcome, and for those that stuck with the show, thank you so much. I'll talk to you all in a couple weeks.